0: Live, thank you for coming on.
1: My pleasure, I'm excited to be here.
0: Uh, so, how have you been, anyways? How's your day been? What have you been doing?
1: Good, it's a Sunday, it's around like one o'clock. I'm in New York, so it's just been you know, a typical Sunday workout, church, laundry, <laughs> so, <laughs> relaxing. So I don't nice know stuff. if that's typical for most people, for me, that's pretty typical. Trying not to do work, but when you're a hard worker, it's kind of hard to turn that brain off. But I'm trying.
0: No, that's so cool. <laughs> so for those um, that obviously don't know who you are and sort of what you're about, introduce yourself to anyone that's watching.
1: Yeah, my name's Tony Marinucci, and I'm a registered dietitian. I'm a business owner of an online nutrition counseling company where I help people to find the best fit diet for them on an individual level. And it's really just more about listening to what my clients are currently eating and making modification, modifications off of that based off of their goals. So I really believe in individualized care when it comes to nutrition.
0: Okay. And uh, what's the difference between sort of a registered dietitian and a nutritionist? Because a lot of people kind of, well, for me, I don't necessarily know the difference. And maybe people might see mm-hmm. it sort of the same thing falling into the same bracket.
1: Right. That's a great question and I'm not sure if it's different for, you know, you're in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I'm not sure if it's different from the UK, but in the United States, pretty much anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. It's not a protected title. So if you read a book about nutrition or say you had your own weight loss journey and you decided to tell people how to lose weight and called yourself a nutritionist, legally, you're completely able to do that. But, you know, just because you, yes, you might've had success, but I don't believe that your own personal success is the only determining factor to being able to help someone. Whereas a registered dietitian, we're credentialed nutrition professionals. And I went to school for, you have to go to school for a minimum of five years to obtain your registered dietitian um, degree. You even have to, there's a whole test involved. So you're learning a lot, a lot (laughs) about the science of nutrition. And it's a five-year program that you have to do. And then now they actually require you that you get a master's. So I have my master's in nutrition and dietetics as well. But it's definitely a more structured way of learning. And I think you're going to get more credible answers if you seek out a registered dietitian versus a quote-unquote nutritionist.
0: Yeah, I mean, over here in the UK, um, it's kind of similar, really. You have people that will sell supplements like herbal Mm -hmm. life or something and then say yeah we're nutritionists we can take like do this program for you or um i Mm -hmm. mean they they even now have started to push into um sort of that personal training industry as well where they're running like boot camps and fitness camps with no qualifications at all and Mm -hmm. like for myself personally i've spent money on becoming qualified and i'm like i may as well i'm not bothered like i may as well just have kind of trotted down to my local park and gone yeah come work out I know what I'm doing you know Mm -hmm. so yeah obviously in the UK we do we do have that problem as well and I think that's where the line needs to be drawn you know because obviously it's you can potentially cause someone harm you know whether that's through nutrition just claiming you're a nutritionist and Mm -hmm. having sort of no qualification to back it up could potentially you could be feeding something something uh, someone something that may have a negative impact on their body because you don't know what you're on about i mean i like to think that people are quite savvy on what to eat but when you start to have conversations with people you kind of realize uh, not so much you know (laughs) you know they're like oh yeah i had like you know two cans of coke today and a packet of doritos but I ate chicken and had some lettuce, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, like, right, let's let's get the ball rolling. So, no, we, we do have that problem over here, and hats off to you for taking the time out to go and get a qualification.
1: Uh, yeah, luckily I knew I wanted it at a young age. You know, yeah. I actually struggled personally with being overweight. I grew up overweight a um, majority of my life, got made fun of, didn't, you know, never really had any sort of, I had a lot of girlfriends, but when it came to like guys and stuff, my self-esteem was very low. And I realized that when I started like my weight loss journey that everything that I learned was helping to shape me into being able to now not just help people cause I have the personal story, but now that I decided to go to school to become a registered dietitian, I have a wealth of knowledge. It's the combination of those two that I think can really help a person. Hmm.
0: Yeah, as well as um, your own passion, I guess, for it as well. Because obviously, if you're going to invest your time and money into something, and obviously five years is a lot of time, you've got to kind of be passionate about it. And then you're (laughs) also starting where you've got your your business going and things like that, and you're helping people. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a good good component to have, is have that balance. And a lot of people out there ain't necessarily passionate about what they do. They just want to make the money, do you know what I mean, by selling some... Uh, fad diet or, or supplements or whatever mm-hmm. um, what's your opinion on sort of like what's the truth behind like fad diets and and cleanses in in your opinion
1: a lot of times it's just putting a band-aid on the bigger issue a lot of people will seek those quick fixes or a cleanse cleanses are are to me somewhat absolute like in the nicest way of saying it, ridiculous, because <laughs> we have our, our skin, our liver, our kidneys, like we have organs that detoxify our bodies regularly. The mm. best way to aid in the detoxification process is just generally like eating more fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean proteins and just eating healthy on a regular consistent basis will help you to naturally quote unquote detoxify your body. But so taking, a, doing a cleanse or trying to do a detox or something to kind of start fresh and start over, people do it for a number of different reasons. If you're doing it to lose weight, you'll lose weight initially, but until you change your eating habits, the weight won't stay off. You know, mm-hmm. If you're doing it to get healthy, you're going to be healthy for those three or four days and really you're not actually learning how to eat in the long run so a lot of times they're just the term fad like i think of fad diet as temporary and they're just temporary and that's what they are and we can't expect to have success with anything in life if we're only doing it for a short period of time it's like it's like working really really hard to make all of this money and then if you just stop working and then you live life and spend the money you're you, you're back at eventually you're going to go back to square zero so you could take a, do a fad diet or a cleanse and lose all this weight or be super healthy but the second you stop it's just eventually going to come back on and a lot of times especially with weight loss not only do you lose the weight and gain it back you gain back more than the original yeah, weight that you started at
0: yeah i mean i think um well i know through sort of clientele i've had over here that if they don't change the way they think about food and you know with like the emotional eating and stuff like that they'll have this quick fix because they want to see results fast you know they want to take these cleanses and fad diets or whatever they have this rapid crash and it's not sustainable and then they go back to their original diet because either they can't afford the products anymore or They've seen those results and now they're just like, oh, I, can, I don't need that anymore. And what they find is because they haven't made the necessary lifestyle changes and mental changes to the way they associate themselves with food, they, again, like what you said, just kind of find themselves going back up. So it's a vicious mm. cycle, really. There's, there's like to, to anything, there's no get rich quick schemes you know it's Mm -hmm. usually it's usually a scam like if it's if it's too good to be true you know and it's the same with um food and eating and all these sort of cleanses and diets and that if they really worked over a long period of time the companies would more than likely not be earning that much money because people wouldn't need Mm -hmm. to keep going back Mm -hmm. but if someone wants to you know i'm not necessarily I, i don't take any uh supplements or anything like that but i guess if someone wants to get in a wedding dress in four weeks time and they think that's the way that they want to go about it then so be it but i think they need to understand that that's a temporary thing it's not sustainable for a long period of time um so yeah yeah i I kind of agree i agree with you totally on the whole sense of the mentality towards it and the way that they are just fads and kind of a money-making scheme really
1: Usually, usually. Mm. And if they don't stick to it, it's eventually going to stop working. So, so they need to find something that's long-term and sustainable.
0: Yeah. What's the sort of benefits from, like, changing your life to a sort of healthier lifestyle? What sort of benefits could say someone see from that? I mean, it sounds obvious, so, but... <laughs>
1: so many. It sounds obvious, but I don't think people really get it. I really don't think that they do, but... Um, just, I, I strongly believe that healthy eating and exercising regularly and just embracing the healthy lifestyle is the best way to tell yourself, like, I love you. Like, I think it's like a self-care, it, I think it's almost imperative for us to take care of ourselves in that way. And then when you're taking care of yourself, then you can truly give to other people. You know, so often people like give all of them and there's nothing of them left at the end and they put themselves second. And by doing that, they're just stretching themselves so thin, and they're never really fully going to be, to be their own, go to rise to their own potential. And the, even though their intention is to give to people and to be there for them, they're not really giving them all of them. Like, it's that saying, like, fill your cup first. Mm. Like, that's what I truly believe, and I think healthy eating and exercising regularly, you start to feel so much better about yourself, because. One, you're taking care of yourself. Two, nutrition is linked to, you know, just overall better mental health. Exercising just makes you happier, you feel more confident. If you're, you know, one thing exercise helps you do is sleep better, right? So if you're sleeping better, your mood is better, the way you approach your day, your job, your life, like everything is just improved because it's not saying that you know you're never going to have problems or conflict but it's so much easier to deal with those problems and conflict when you feel more secure about yourself and you're happy with yourself and proud of yourself and knowing that at least you know if everything else goes to crap at least I got my body to depend on you know at least I got my physical body and my mental health cuz I do think it's all correlated
0: hmm. I think um with that comes the only uh complication in my opinion when i've tried to get people to change into sort of a more beneficial healthy lifestyle is that they think these results and whether it's mentally physically is like instant so they're like oh well i do one training session and i'm gonna feel instantly better and my confidence is going to be sky high and again it's kind of what we was touching on before is like it's a long-term thing it's It's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, your goals are going to take time, but make sure they're, you know, fairly achievable and give yourself a pat on the back when you get there, as well as all the, um, you know, psychological chemicals that are produced just from, from exercising as well. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of studies going around saying how exercise can be good for like anxiety and depression. Yeah, 100%. It's uh, Mm -hmm. You know stimulates you and obviously with the helping with the sleep obviously lack of sleep causes anxiety and depression so you kind of counteract it by going and exercising it's a
1: cycle mm. it's a cycle like you said earlier when you go into some of like the fad diets or the crash diets and stuff you're just playing in that cycle but the same thing you can use that cycle to benefit you mm. the healthier you eat the the not even more that you exercise but the more consistently you eat health i'm not even saying you have to have a perfect diet and you don't have to like Work out every single day and be perfect with your workouts but the consistency of the two the longer that you're committed to eating a little better and exercising a little bit more consistently then you'll you'll break that cycle it's a lot of a lot of the times you know everyone kind of not everyone i can't assume but most people know what to eat. It's just how do I stick to it? And mm. how do I stick to healthy eating? It all comes down to our habits, our behaviors, the things that we do on a day to day basis. And I think the biggest mistake people make is they try to U haul their diet overnight. And they try to, you know, if they've never worked out a day in their life and now they decide to go exercise, they try to exercise five days a week. It's like they've never ate vegetables and now they're trying to eat vegetables with every meal and they are drinking soda and they go straight to water. Like, these are all good state changes and good steps, but it's really difficult to go from zero to a hundred and anticipate to be able to to sustain that, mm. you know? So that's kind of the biggest thing. I think people think that they can just change overnight, but it's, it's definitely like you said, it's not, it's a journey,
0: you know? Yeah. yeah so it's, it's a lifestyle, you know, that's why they call it lifestyle. Like it's a way of mm-hmm. life, you know? And I think, I mean there's some people out there they're content and happy to be overweight and not exercising and whatever hats off to them you know whatever if they want to choose that that path mm-hmm. but for the majority of people i'd say I,
1: and you know to be honest and i i probably will get like some backlash for this but i really really truly believe that by not and you don't have to be a, a perfect site where it's perfect, technically have the perfect BMI and, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. But if you're not taking any action toward your health or your exercise regimen, then you're not really living to your potential. So although you can be happy being overweight and not exercising and not eating healthy, I do think you can be happy, but I don't think you're going to be your happiest self. I don't think that you're truly living out, you know, what we're put on this earth to do, which is to serve others and be just our absolute best selves so
0: no get okay, you. Yeah. so there's yeah. there's a state of happiness but you could be happier basically <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. yeah
1: that's pretty much what i'm saying
0: and i yeah. i mean i can't put myself into that mindset um and maybe i'll get hated on a little bit for this but it's like if you're a big big person and mm-hmm. you're overweight it's hard for me to see how you can look in the mirror and have such confidence and whatever and i mean there are people that do
1: There are, there are. And it takes a lot of work. I think it takes a, a lot of work to get to that point. Um, so like what I think of with, with people is like, everyone's different, but I've always changed the way that I ate and the why I'm consistent with exercise. The reason why I committed to a healthy lifestyle is because it wasn't a, yes, I did have a lot of insecurities looking in the mirror, you know, being, being overweight most of my life and being made fun of for it. And You know, I I thought I was confident, but when people are constantly putting you down, you lose that Mm self-confidence, and it's definitely something that I struggled with, but putting that aside, what really helped me to stay committed to healthy eating and exercise was how it made me feel better. Like, forget about looking in the mirror. I genuinely, like, when I ate high-sugary, high-fatty foods, I felt sluggish and tired and full and bloated and uncomfortable. You know, and when I didn't exercise, I could still, I was, you know, I got good grades in school, but when I would exercise, my focus was like so much better. It was just like, I was tired of not feeling like wonderful and great all the time. I felt like I was more feeling just like I could be doing better.
0: Yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like, um, we can kind of touch on like your views on maybe emotional eating and how to sort of avoid it. Because I think when yeah. you're in that, when you put yourself in that position, you can also think, do you know what, like, fuck it. Like, I'm being bullied because of my size. I'm just, who cares? I'm eating this fucking pizza. Everyone views mm-hmm. me this way anyway, so whatever. How would you, mm-hmm. What sort of tips would you give, for how would you say people can get over that?
1: Emotional eating is a learned behavior. So just like any breaking any other habit or behavior, it takes mental awareness and and intention to change hmm. so there's usually triggers with emotional eating a lot of my clients find that their triggers might be at nighttime when like the kids are finally sleeping and all of a sudden they're reflecting on their day they're not happy the way that it went and they're going you know to the refrigerator back and forth and back and forth so that might be a trigger it could be your environment it could be, you know, maybe a relationship that you're in and that person says the wrong thing to you and automatically your automatic reaction, it's a learned behavior that then you go to, you know, hit up all the fast food restaurants and kind of escape that way. Mm-hmm. For, for those who struggle with emotional eating, this is how I kind of help them see why they need to consciously make an effort to break that cycle. So number one is we want to be... We want to be almost, um, like, I'm not saying, how do I put this? We want to be aware that the reason why they're doing it is because when we eat food, we're in the moment, it's like a drug in the sense that we can easily forget about our problems. So it's a way for them to avoid the actual issue, right? If you think about when you go to food you're so excited about what it tastes like, what that you're thinking about nothing else, it like takes you out, it's like a zone. And it it is better than doing drugs. And it's better than drinking alcohol, you know, but it is slightly kind of like your drug of choice of to kind of zone out. So we have to recognize that that you're utilizing it as um, a crutch almost. And but then second to that, you said something earlier, that was really important. You said that people think I'm, you know, big or fat or, or overweight already, I may as well go and eat the pizza. Well, by doing that, who wins? You know, like, are mm-hmm. you really going to let other people take that power over you? When in actuality, you are in control of who you are. And you have to, the third thing is I tell people it's tough love is, as an adult, we have to take ownership of our decisions and our to- choices. And, until you can recognize that nobody's making you do anything other than you, if you're the driver of your emotions, then that's when you're actually going to be able to change. So recognize the feeling, take notice of what's happening and why, but then change your reaction to it.
0: Hmm. I think that's a good key point there is a lot of people will use it as a, a form of escapism in the sense yeah. of just like, um, you know, same as drugs, drinking alcohol and so on. It's, it's that kind of just, I don't want to deal with this. So I'm just going to go for this instead. And, and we kind of that, that, um, headlights on what, one lane focus rather than thinking maybe long-term that they're the not difference. thinking,
1: it's, yeah, they're you're exactly right. It's it's a, an immediate, satis- immediate gratification. Mm. Like very few things in this world give us immediate gratification, you know, to be honest, Drinking usually, like if you're choosing to drink alcohol to deal with your emotions, like that takes time before you finally feel it, right? Food, it's like right there, and because we're in a world, you know, we're a very fortunate developed country where it's easily accessible for most people to just, you know, eat, eat, and eat. It's like the easiest drug. It's the most accessible drug, and we need to eat to live. So it's not like we just like, oh, I'm just not going to eat anymore, because that's not going to work yeah. either.
0: <laughs> Too many um I think like it's human nature maybe I don't know but from a lot of people I've spoke to it's kind of we're always trying to look for that quick fix um mm-hmm. you know for uh, for the uh, for the long-term problem you know and really we need to kind of like you said be held accountable and take action on our shit rather than you know being sugar-coated and just kind of going oh yeah but I'll take this for now and worry about tomorrow tomorrow and sometimes you've right. got a uh, and that's not really like living too much. It's kind of, you're always living in a fear or escape or whatever. And when you start taking control of your life through exercise, fitness, eating, things start working properly for you. Do you know what I mean? You see a lot clearer, you're more focused, yeah. your outlook on life is a lot better. Um, you know, relationships can blossom, Lo- loads of things can happen. And so I think... Yeah. You know, we need to, people need to learn to, um, you know, stop emotionally eating or whatever it may be, you know, stop.
1: It's a practice. Like you're not, there no one's going to be, like with my clients, I work with them for like a a minimum of six months because we're working on changing your behaviors. I'm not just giving them a diet plan and just telling them don't, don't eat out of emotion. It's, it's not that easy, you know? So I will say that for those people who are listening or watching and they do struggle with emotional eating it's not going to be something that you're going to fix overnight. It takes time like any habit, any behavior, but it is so worth it in the long run because that battle that you fight every day, you'll be so free from that. Like think about everything that you could accomplish if you weren't solely focused on food all day long. Hmm. You know, like food for me used to be like all I thought about. It was literally everything, but now that I like, you know, eating for me, eating healthy, it's just the way that I eat. It's it's natural for me my brain has all this free space now to, to invest in my business or to make, you know, be on podcasts and connect with other people and just like live life. Yeah. You know, it's no longer that battle in my head, you know, holding me back from living up to my potential.
0: That's a good point as well. Cause obviously people don't always think of the brain, you know, as a muscle that can be trained basically. And it, it
1: totally can be trained.
0: Yeah. So just by, changing the way we associate food with ourselves with the emotional eating etc etc mm-hmm. and you know understanding that mistakes may be made or whatever but just to keep kind of plodding through um, yeah. eventually it will become habit it's the same with like meditation and and yeah other things you know you got to your first meditation for me like my first meditation was fucking abysmal you know I'm like yeah. sitting there I'm trying not to fidget I've got itchy nose like everyone paints <laughs> it out as this some um, like peaceful thing you, like,
1: think, like four thousand minutes and it's only been one <laughs> yeah.
0: and you've got all these things going on in your head and you're trying not to focus on any of it and it's quite hard but now like I can sit down and meditate and it's just a vacation for the brain and people always ask me oh why, why do you meditate and I'm like it's just a vacation for my brain it's just
1: Relaxation,
0: yeah. so I, I'd recommend it to anyone. But that's on on a different tangent.
1: <laughs> well, no, just on that Go note, on. do you have the Headspace app by any chance?
0: Yeah, I did. Um,
1: do you sound like the guy that I, <laughs> that I, that talks to me in the morning when I'm meditating. It's very <laughs> it's very calming.
0: Oh, fine. You have a very
1: gentle spirit.
0: I appreciate if that. Yeah,
1: it's very very sweet. So yeah, I do not think awesome. I
0: sounded like him. Maybe I need to compare the two. Like put the Headspace on and put my own it voice in.
1: Well, even when you just said headspace, that was it. I'm like, Oh my god, time? Is it might the time for me to meditate. <laughs> um, um yeah, but it could just be the accent. I'm
0: just like <laughs> Maybe, maybe.
1: Um,
0: so anyways, with your um clientele, do any of them sort of have any make any mistakes when they're uh sort of moving on to eating healthy or and starting to be oh, healthy? Yeah. What mistakes are made by them?
1: All the time. And, it, you know, it's it's normal. And I try to kind of let – I'm kind of guiding them on their journey. I don't want to influence them too much. Um, I kind of let them make their mistakes so that way we can learn from it and grow from it. Um, but everything from perfectly eating Monday through Friday and completely blowing it on the weekends to having the mindset – and you mentioned it earlier about that relationship with food that, you know, if I eat less, I'll lose weight. Or, you know, foods that like, – I can't eat any cookies because one cookie means I'll gain weight right away. Like, so it's just the kind of that all or nothing mindset is probably the biggest mistake people make. And through counseling them, I can't expect them to fully understand until we've worked together. uh, Like probably it takes usually about three weeks or so and everyone's different. But for them to really understand that, listen, that all all or nothing mentality is only going to get you so far. So your progress might not be as quick. It might be a little bit slower, but you're saving so much time in the long run. You know, yeah. so I think the big one of the biggest things I think they think is that that all or nothing mindset. Yeah, cuz
0: it's again it's it's not sustainable, you know. We we've no. got to have You've got to have like a, a balance, and I think that's kind of the whole key to to life in the sense of things is to have a bit of everything. You know, to have social times with your friends where you can have a glass of wine and yeah. go to the gym the next day and have that donut if you want it or whatever. But to not take the piss basically and be eating negatively and getting drunk every weekend and binging right. and whatever. It's about kind of just being more aware of the choices you're making and not going O T T. I think yeah
1: it is like the key word that I that I try to get my clients to understand is balance is everything in life and the way that we eat is I think just a reflection of how we live our lives
0: Mm. I mean yeah that's I think the hard part is because people don't see those results in six weeks eight weeks ten weeks twelve weeks because they're living a balanced life so the weight is going to slowly drop off their lifestyle is going to slowly change you know it's all a slow process Mm -hmm. it's quite easy for people to go this is bullshit you know whatever like i'm going back to the old stuff like what's the point you know and and quit so i guess that's sort of another form of mistake and you have to i guess with yourself like you have you know times where you talk to your clients and so on and kind of just let them put them in check and say no like it's working like blah 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 Mm
1: -hmm. And I let them see other things, like I think so many people look at the scale as the only determining factor, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's weight loss or weight gain, whatever their goal is, they tend to focus on one outcome. But we know that the benefits to healthy eating and exercising is sleeping better, better moods, being able to handle emotions better, um, you know, lowered cholesterol, lower like controlling your diabetes, Hmm. controlling your blood pressure, all of these things that it's not always about, you know, the number on the scale, you know, how's your energy, you know, how do your clothes fit a lot of times too, like the scale doesn't move. But if you're exercising regularly, you might your body composition could be changing. So there's so many other factors. And I usually go through that with my clients. And then we I also like I'm like, I also am like, well, okay, if, if there's not change, like Ooh. What should, could you be doing a little bit better? Because um, sometimes that's the case too, is that they they think they're doing all the right things, but not always that's the case.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, so many people um, at my sort of work, the clientele that come in and so on, they're always on the scales and I say, fuck, fuck the scales off, you know, like I don't, mm-hmm. why do you care about this? Like, how do you look, you know, because you can be right. uh, 13 stone, overweight or you can be 13 stone chiseled you know there's there's differences like it it's about how your clothes fit how you feel mentally you don't need to look at the scales and be like i've put on two pounds because you know you may have put on two pounds and your top fits you better and you look a lot better so Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's definitely one of those things that people need to eradicate from, I think, I've, to be honest, I think scales should just be chucked out the window. In my opinion, it should be how we look at ourselves, you know what I mean, and perceive ourselves and how other people are seeing us and going, yeah, man, you're looking good, like, well done, you know, not, oh, you've put on two pounds, but you look good, but you know, you still put on two pounds, so it's not good. <laughs> so right. it, it, it Yeah, like, it's no amazing sense. to me
1: that what I actually do, so my, my business is an online business, but before I would do my online business, I would have people in office and before they would get on the scale i would have them weigh like kind of the end of the session because i wanted to hear from them first how are you feeling you know how do all the other things and they're like boom beaming with all this feeling so great and positive and they get on the scale and all of a sudden all that goes away and i do that intentionally so that they can see like hold on a minute can you just repeat back to me what we were just saying you know, right before you got onto the scale and then they start to realize, okay, you know, the scale is not everything.
0: Yeah. I think it's uh, like we need, um, people need that visual like result. Do you know what I mean? Like I can see it, but necessarily, like you said, but like the lower cholesterol and that, you know, you don't, you can't see that unless you go and get your cholesterol done regularly. But yeah, I can guarantee you if like I had, um, someone's heart with arteries in it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is you right now as you're eating. Like your arteries are getting clogged up, and you're gonna have a heart attack uh, at some point, you know, because of your lifestyle and what you're eating." Um, and I'll show you this again in four weeks after you've had exercise, eradicated the fatty foods, and we'll show you. I'll just pull your heart out and show you arteries, and they'll look a lot clearer. If you could show mm-hmm. someone that, they'd be like, "Oh God, like this is great." <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. because sometimes we don't see that, um, see what's going on on the inside. We don't necessarily appreciate or even think about it and take it into account.
1: Yeah, it's a big part of it. I think you're right. Is it's not visible.
0: Mm. Um. So, what barriers uh, do sort of people face when they're trying to make a change, or like your clients, for example, they're trying to make a change? What barriers do they have
1: to? I think there's a lot of barriers, um, but the couple that come to mind are, I think, lack of support. So that's why it's really important to have to work with someone individually one on one so that way, you know, I can kind of be their cheerleader because maybe their family doesn't understand the same values. Um, It's very challenging to be the only one making these changes and nobody really understanding why. And then your relationships with family members, spouses, friends, siblings, they change. And people don't like change because you're changing, even though you're changing for the better, sometimes people don't necessarily jive with that. And that's a huge barrier is people not realizing that their relationships with their family members and their friends might change and they have to be okay with that because they have to be confident that what they're doing they know is for them and it's gonna be best for them in the long run. Um, So what I encourage a lot of people to do is I have a free healthy lifestyle support group on Facebook and Anyone can join You know, I just encourage people to participate and it's a great network of people who are done doing the Crash diets done doing the fad diets. They genuinely just want to commit to healthier living and we just help each other to do that so whether it's a Facebook group that you join or maybe, you know, you go to uh, gym classes, like they have group training classes, like boot camp style classes. Um, you know, that's going to be, I think, really important is if you don't have some sort of a support system, it's really challenging to kind of um, commit mm. as much as you'd like to. You have to be really confident in your decision to yeah. be able to do it on your own.
0: I think that's that's kind of um, the point is like you need... Everyone, I think, needs someone to hold them accountable for their mistakes, yeah. you know? And it's like, you're not doing, you know, you've you've made this mistake, so look, like, come on, sort it out, like, because you've done this, this, and this, and this, and don't mm-hmm. worry about what Moody Margaret says to you, like, that's just negativity, she doesn't like that you're changing. Like, I'm the one that matters, I'm holding you accountable, you need to keep going, you know, bat yeah. away all that other stuff. And so... Mm-hmm. I suppose that's the purpose of, you know, we have like business coaches, online coaches, personal yeah. trainers and so yeah. on because we need that accountability. hundred percent.
1: I have a business coach and I have a dietician to help me with my nutrition.
0: Hmm. Which is mad, isn't because, it, you think. You've...
1: isn't that crazy? Like, I, I and I actually, for a while, I even battled with that myself. I'm like, I should be able, I know how to do it. I've teach people, I've, I've had hundreds of people have success and... Reach their goals, but I was like struggling myself because i'm I was like constantly taking care of other people, and it mm. made me realize, okay, you need someone holding you accountable because you're not serving your clients your best if you're not taking care of yourself your best and mm. it was honestly the best decision I've ever made <laughs> like like I believe in investing in yourself hundred and fifty percent, yeah, and I it- think when you do that you know it's just it's like a once again that cycle of positivity it just like grows and grows and grows and it, it rewards you in the long run
0: yeah i mean i had um, a guy on my podcast ages ago called james boardman he lives uh quite locally to me and he's all about sort of preaching that and that uh, we need to be the best versions of ourselves yeah. kind of before we can then sort of benefit others around us so it's all about yeah. you know he's like you need someone to hold you accountable you need to be the best version of yourself you know get that work up done workout done plan your routines like you know it's not unfortunately like as much as people want life to be a bit willy-nilly as in like yeah i'll just do what i want when i want you know might go to work might not you know might eat good might not it doesn't work do you know what i mean in the long term you'll probably end up unhappy or moody or whatever you need to have like that structure that routine someone holding you accountable for your mistakes yeah. and also you know when you like you're bringing in a business coach and so on they're kind of showing you another avenue that you can go with or another possibility or a new you know fresh idea because we can all get so focused on this way is the only way and then yeah. someone else comes in and whispers in your ear maybe you should try this blah blah blah, and you're like good point let's go <laughs> you know it's re- that. yeah it's-
1: it's great to get other perspective. And I also think coaches help you save time, Mm. you know, like you think about all the time that you waste trying different methods of whatever goal you're trying to accomplish. But now you have someone that basically just like tells you like kind of gets rid of all the fluff in your brain and just says, no, this is what you're going to do. And they give you like, my coaches give me actionable strategies. Like just like I give my clients every week. And if you're taking baby steps every single week, eventually you're going to make, you know, you're going to be, got you've gone real far if you're doing something consistently on a regular basis.
0: No, I agree with you. It's, you know, one of those small steps, still moving forward. And once you achieve those little goals, it doesn't matter how small, you're giving yourself yeah. a pat on the back. That's what, you know, your coach is there for or that's what you're there for is. So when they hit that mark, you can go, well done, like now onto the next one. Yeah. Rather Absolutely. than that if you don't have you know i think if you don't have like maybe a, an online coach or any coach in your life you can hit your goal and then it's quite easy to just sit back and relax and be like yeah man i'm I'm done now i'm done mm-hmm. i've achieved it don't worry about the rest and then just start eating shit again or whatever you know so yeah you, you you have to have sort of some routines in your life and people to kind of hold you accountable whether that's a partner or a monetary investment and also i think if people do invest money into coaches and whatever they're more likely to yeah. follow through with it because that's one thing money, that right? my
1: business coach has taught me because i think we all in the beginning when we first start a business you kind of don't charge as much as you're worth because mm. you want to build up your clientele and all that but i mean listen the people who pay more get better results because they're invested yeah. they they want that change. They understand that you can't put a value or you can't put a price on value. And at the end of the day, they just are are committed. And when you commit and you go, and like, so I think that's another thing that I want to kind of touch on is, so the all or nothing mindset versus going all into a healthy lifestyle are two different things, you know? So there's like, you have to be all into committing to a healthier version of you, but you don't have to... Eat perfectly and exercise perfectly for that to happen. Does
0: Mm. that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Because I've, I have it with clientele. You know, there's certain people I don't want to work with, and I know that's harsh, but that's just I've got to worry about me. Do you know what I mean? And it's like,
1: I'm not willing to
0: waste my time like with you. Like, you either pay me the fee. This is what I'm worth. These are the results that you're gonna get. Are you with me? If you're, I'm an R in whatever. If you don't want to, yeah, whatever. If you do, let's go, you know. And then I understand that they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have minor setbacks. They might eat a little bar of chocolate. They mm-hmm. might miss a gym session once, you know, because something came up, whatever. Like, that's fine. But I right. know that they're committed. They're, they've they invested in me and I'm invested in them. And there's no questions. I mean, it's just that this is the path. Let's go. So, yeah, I yeah. definitely get get what you mean, you know hopefully other people do as well they do if they're in the industry and they're running their own shit (laughs) they definitely know know what's going on um how do you develop sort of how would you sort of recommend for people to uh, develop healthier habits and sort of routines that could like help with success and moving forward with their lives
1: it's a great question the first thing that i always have people do is track what they're eating and if you're paying attention and you're being mindful and aware of what you're consuming on a regular basis, then we can look to making little swaps throughout your day. So an example of that might be, you know, maybe this person's diet is absolutely terrible. Maybe they drink soda every day, eat sweets all the time, you know, barely eat any vegetables. Well, yes, we eventually want to change that. But for right now, I just want them and I have them tell me what they're ready to change. Cause I can't force anyone to change anything. I ask them, what are you willing to swap out right now? And it doesn't mean that they can't drink soda. It just means that they're going to commit to drinking less soda and maybe try flavored seltzer instead as an alternative, mm-hmm. you know, and we work on that habit and behavior until they're ready to make the next change. And it's really just, Taking your own diet and making it the best diet for you. It's not about following what Suzy Joe's doing. It's not about following what you heard on social media or, you know, it's on the news. It's about looking at your own diet and making small little changes that are sustainable for you.
0: Yeah, because chicken and rice seven days a week. Right, does, does get fucking. Boring. Unless you're
1: playing, like, <laughs> and even if you are, there's even like you don't even have to do. But I was just saying, like if you're gonna do like a bodybuilding competition or like a bikini competition, you know, maybe that's what you have to do temporarily. But as you know, the second you stop that, you know, you're never gonna look as good in, when you're competing as like, yeah. you're every other day. Stop.
0: That's what, um, <laughs> kind of touching on it. Um, that's what pisses me off about social media is these people that, um, they have all these photos done when they're in like peak shape. You know, right. like, let's get 100 photos of me looking good. And then they post them over a period of time on their Instagrams and whatever and kind of lead people to believe that they're in this shape 365 days of the year. Yeah. Maybe like 2% of them are, but most of them they're probably a little bit, you know, out of shape or whatever because I don't think it's possible as a human, unless you're an alien, to maintain <laughs> having that... You know, body competition physique, It's also not healthy. Yeah. Like their
1: Definitely. body fat percentage is at an unhealthy rate uh unhealthy place. You know, women at that with that low body fat percentage are not menstruating. Mm. It's not long term sustainable. The men at that at that with that low body fat, like we need fat in our bodies. We yeah. need the right portion of fat, but you know, that competition level, it's not something that is healthy to stay at for long term
0: there's probably some dude like ripped to shreds ready to compete and he's listening to this and he's like those two are just jealous man they don't know what i'm going (laughs) they don't know what they're going on about look look at that guy with his beard and his fat cheeks (laughs) no i mean listen
1: like it's like anything like and it's also the it's, it's an athletes do crazy things to get results because to them, it's not about you know the results of winning or getting first place is more important. It's all just about like what are your values, and it's totally fine. Like that's if that's part of the sport. A lot of times, athletes do to perform at certain levels might have to be at a low body fat percentage to get them to where they want to go. But yeah. the problem is, is that it's not athletes who are following these athletes. It's yeah. your everyday average person looking up to these athletes, trying to achieve something that almost makes no sense in their lifestyle. Mm, true. You know, especially if you want to balance, say, like, family and friends and going out not to eat and, you know, just having like a regular normal routine, quote, unquote, normal routine. Um, you know, it, it's probably not if you're not making money doing it, I wouldn't do it. Yes, basically, <laughs> If you're going to get compensated for exercising, you know, hours, a day, like doing two a days and eating super clean and, you know, focusing fully on nutrition and exercising, you're going to get paid for it. Awesome. But if you're not, and this is just something that you think I'm just going to do because I want to aesthetically look a certain way, I probably would think about it a different way.
0: So what's your view on sort of um, vegan diets because over the last sort of year and a half to two years, maybe it's kind of the vegan movement has blown Mm -hmm. up. What's your take Mm -hmm. on that? Do you think it's a sustainable long-term thing or?
1: Well, that's the, that's the problem is that some people go vegan because they think it's like the only way to be healthy, forgetting that the vegan, it's a veganism is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice, and not everybody's doing it for health reasons. Some people are doing it for sustainability reasons or for um, ethical reasons. You know, there's so many different reasons why somebody goes vegan. So, regardless, if if you're looking at it as a way to lose weight, it can be considered like a fad diet as well. Like it could be something that you do temporarily because you don't truly understand the reason or the vegan community. You know, because the vegan community is a community and it is a lifestyle choice. So it's dependent on the person's mindset of why they're going into it. And if they are going into it and they are going to live it for the long term, then they really need to pay attention to certain things in their diet that they could be missing to make sure that they're getting a well-balanced diet. Because, you know, not it's not that meat is bad for us. It's that the absence of meat creates the opportunity for things like nuts, beans, um, Seeds, whole grains, like a lot more of your nutrient-dense plant-based foods, which is really good for us. Um, but a lot of people like, could be playing into that all-or-nothing mindset once again, which I believe we need to have a balance in the way that we eat.
0: Yeah. I mean, most, um, most vegans I've ever spoke to are so aggressive. I'm like, mm. man, you need some meat. Like, what are you doing? They're just like, you animal killer. Like, <laughs> pinging me loads of, like, fucking videos of animals being killed and cows being killed. and Or, like, I tried to get a vegan on my podcast to talk to him about his view on it and what's going on. And he's just like, you've got more chance of um, Donald Trump marrying Hillary Clinton than you have of me coming on your podcast. And I'm like, can wow. okay, no, hell bro, like, chill out. I was just asking, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I actually
1: <laughs> should... I could point you in the, the direction to someone who I had so... I'm a podcaster and I have, I'm also a regular, I have my tips with Tony podcast that I'm, I have the Jim Wits podcast that I'm a regular on, where it's a trainer, I'm the dietitian, and then you have like our average Joe. And we had a really, really awesome person come on to talk about ethical veganism. And she as a vegan was like one of the very few that didn't, you know, isn't one of those like creatures down your throat because she knows that you don't get anywhere mm. with anyone to create change by pushing it down their throat. If anything, you're just going to get more resistance, Strength. you know? So I should have helped. I can, I'm going to put you in contact with her.
0: Yeah. I'd if have, you uh, want
1: someone to come talk about the vegan diet.
0: Yeah, no, I'd be interested. I'll, I'll get some questions right up for them. Um, so yeah, we'll net- network me through after this. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I
1: will.
0: Also, I just kind of wanted to know what your uh, view was on the effects of unnatural sugars on the body. So, soda, like people say,
1: it's
0: like it's diet soda, like just just uh, normal or coke, a you know. Those corn syrup,
1: like yeah. what do you? Yeah, what high, you high in sugar, sugar, you know. Mean like, what's that?
0: Like yeah, just like soda and shit like that, you know. Things that are not not necessarily good for you. Those those sugars, bad sugars, you know, not.
1: Like, Refined sugars.
0: That's the one. I knew that, that was refined. a word for it. Yeah, I couldn't remember. <laughs> Glad you got it. So
1: yes, refined sugars. So, like, I encourage people to, a lot of people will think that, you know, all carbs are bad and they should avoid carbohydrates and that's the magic solution to their health. But incorporating carbohydrates is really, really important. So, it's important to choose carbohydrates that are complex or high in fiber, their natural state. So, fruit is a good example of that. You know, whole grain bread. Um, Things that don't have added refined sugar, a.k.a. added carbohydrates, that spike blood sugars can put someone at risk for um, developing or, or, you know, contributing to their diabetes. Um, Excessive amounts of refined sugars usually cause weight gain, cavities, um, mood disorders, uh, at high peaks of energy to low feelings of not having any energy, like... Um, so yeah, excess sugar in the diet is not really necessary unless you're an athlete and you really need to get that quick fuel source and it's going to, you know, you're about to work out within 30 minutes. That's when you need refined sugars. Other than that, it can be in the diet, but we don't want to be having more than, and I don't know what your conversion rate is from the UK to the US, but usually upwards of 50 grams of added sugar is the maximum amount that we want to have. On a daily basis, and although that sounds like a lot, really, if you think about a 20-ounce bottle of soda, I think it has like 57 grams of sugar. So mm-hmm. you already maxed out that way. And then we think, they, I think of things like sugary cereals or you know yogurts that are loaded with sugar. Um, you know, occasional like a little bit of candy. If you add all that up, it's really easy to kind of get that to that. So one thing I have people do is when they're tracking their intake take a look and see, you know, where do I have added sugars coming in and is there a way that I can slowly cut back? Because one thing about sugar is it's very addicting mm. and the more that we have it, the more that we want it. So, it, we can't, it's really hard to go like cold turkey, no sugar at all, but like any change, we you know, if you're used to drinking, you know, putting like four sugar four teaspoons of sugar in your coffee, I might recommend going to two sugars until you can tolerate that, then back to one and then maybe you
0: know drink your coffee black <laughs> no so. i mean um i've uh, been addicted to two different things that are really high in sugar in red bull and mm. coca-cola and mm. both of them i just went teetotal one like so i went a year literally it was so bad i went a year i was drinking like three red Bulls a day fucking wow. so bad i was just like i was high on energy so it was great you know but but <laughs> When I come off it after a year, like a year maybe two days short of a year or whatever, but when I come off it after about a year period, um, my mood levels were like boom, down. I was having like headaches. I felt lethargic. <laughs> my muscles were like spasming and shit. I was like, "What is going on? I'm, like, I'm on my deathbed." <laughs> I'm thinking like, "What is going on?" Just from stopping Red Bull, and, and for me like, that made me realise how much I needed to reduce the amount of sugar in my in my diet i was like this isn't good and yet people are consuming i mean three red Bulls a day is a little bit excessive but people will have you know monster red bull yeah whatever. i mean it's
1: not that excessive like and that's another thing that i think is important is a lot of people say the term everything in moderation mm. but everyone's definition of moderation is different yeah. so for you three red bulls is a lot whereas you know, somebody else might be like, ah, oh, three Red Bulls. You know, I drink six. Yeah. You know, so we're allowed more moderation. I, <laughs> you know,
0: so. I did that at a party. I had uh, seven Red Bulls because I didn't, I didn't drink alcohol. Oh, am
1: sorry, i uh, used social facial expression.
0: <laughs> you...
1: It's dangerous though because of the caffeine.
0: Yeah, I drove home and uh, I felt like I was in a fast and furious film. I was driving quite slow, but everything around me was like. Oh, and my I thought. God. Am I fucking am I high or something? And my heart felt like it was gonna come out of my chest. I was like, it's "Oh my scary. god!" It's scary.
1: It's scary. People with cardiac conditions have unfortunately passed away from yeah having too much caffeine because the caffeine and the sugar together is not, not a good combination. Good yeah,
0: and that's the same with um. I mean, Coca like for anyone who wants to eradicate Red Bull, Coca Cola, whatever from their diet, my tip is this. Okay, you may disagree, obviously, because teetotals totals probably not sustainable but in my opinion it works for me. Just eradicate it, go count your days, go two weeks, and then if you wanna have one, have one. And see how you see how it tastes. Because I'm telling you it tastes like shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well that's well that's true. So what usually the like I was saying earlier, the less you have it, the more the more it'll like taste super sweet once you go back to having it and you'll be like, oh my gosh, how did I ever tolerate this? Mm but the only like and sometimes going cold turkey does work but the only reason why i tell people it doesn't usually work is because it kind of goes back into that all or nothing mindset and having one after not having any for two to three weeks then usually leads to another one
0: yeah that's true
1: Some but but not everyone
0: unless, you know? you're, unless you're gifted like me <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> i literally i had um a
1: secret. <laughs> yeah, i
0: was in a hot tub and um i got the coca-cola i was like i haven't had one of these for like three weeks this is gonna taste so good i had a little swig of it and i was like I just, a, I just had a tea instead i was <laughs> just like you know that's
1: cause... good yeah
0: and then i haven't gone back since like i just it's
1: can't. also i think the mindset like if you the thing that people struggle with too is feeling deprived mm. and then that deprivation period they feel like then when they have their like can't control themselves but if you've done it in a way where your mind's telling you I'm not I haven't been deprived of this I've just chosen that I don't want to eat it or drink it and now I'm having it you're making that mental conscious effort that okay this is something that I'm going to have a little bit of because you made the decision in your head before that you're just going to have one mm problem usually is when people go into situations without thinking about it without a decision in their mind and their mind's not kind of around the idea yeah and then it's really hard to stick to whatever plan or no plan lack of thereof you know yeah. they had
0: I just hate the um the fault of like being hooked on something like this coke or this red ball this bit of food has got like it's nails in my, like I need to have one like because I was literally yeah. craving like I was craving a can of coca-cola I'd be like, Oh, I'll just go up and shop and get one man, it's gonna taste so good, so refreshing. I actually want one right now. <laughs> I might go get one, no, I'm joking, but you know, it's like that whole um those cravings and everything. And after ten minutes, like even if I craved one, after ten minutes I just didn't want one. I was just like, What's the point? You know, what's the point? Yeah. I've gone this I've gone this long. Might as well not bought. Well, one. that's
1: what I, I usually tell people, um, like when it if they're addicted to sweets one thing I recommendation I might make to them is to not have any in the house because Mm. then you're going to be tempted to have it. But if you're not able to say, for example, you have no sweets in the house, but you've been craving ice cream and you just want to get ice cream. If you have to tell yourself three times that you really want ice cream and you're willing to now go out and drive to the store after say you came home from work and you're like ready to go to bed and you're willing to go out and go get it. Go out and go get it, but get yourself a small cup and eat it out and don't bring it back into, you know, don't get a gallon and then bring it back in because you're just going to keep eating it. You know, sometimes if we, if we rely on our willpower to say no to things again and and again and again, eventually we're not going to be able to resist that anymore. So if it's something that's pressing on your mind and you've been craving something and you really just want to have it, go out, have it, have a small amount of it, but then be done with it. Wipe your hands of it and move on.
0: I was going to say something then about uh, it's kind of really off topic, but um, <laughs> it's like people that sustain themselves from sex, you know, it's like, keep telling yourself and relying on your willpower. Eventually you're going to, you're going to crack <laughs> at some it's point. True. You know? so, it's
1: true. Every, anytime we deny something and but we actually want it, it's just going to keep building.
0: Yeah. And then eventually you know, we're going to get
1: into
0: it screams out. Um, what sort of links are there between uh mental health and diet like a lot do you a know lot. of many studies or anything that
1: have... yes there's really a like awesome new like studies coming out showing a link between our gut health and mental health mm. which i think is not something people think of. When we think of our gut health, like our microbiome, our stomach, it's our digestive process. A lot of times we think of digestion and we think like, you know, eat probiotics, like the good bugs, that eat consume foods with good bacteria to restore our um our gut. I'm trying to use like layman's terms, so Yeah. That's correct. Cool. Um I want people to be able to understand. So Improving your gut, we used to think was just helping with, you know, normal bowel movements. Even our immune system, you know, we've shown that if you take care of, you know, um, the, if we eat foods th- that restore the good bacteria, it'll help our immune system. But new studies are continuously linking to it, actually having a link to our the blood-brain barrier and the inflammation process and everything, and how all of that then correlates to our mental health. So it's really, really interesting. Um, so we know, like the the little like the not you don't even really need a study to prove it we know that eating healthy and exercising if you if you follow most people who are committed to healthy living they usually tend to have a more positive outlook on life yeah and then there there's just association and correlation between depression and anxiety and linked to not great eating habits and behaviors and um, you know it tends to kind of fall into each other but from a scientific standpoint Physiologically, they're studying that consuming more um, probiotics actually can help with our mental health, as well as foods with omega threes. So, like fatty fishes, flax seeds, walnuts, stuff like that, yeah. um, are actually showing that people tend to have are, are like t- can help actually treat mood disorders. It's but if you if you have a mood disorder, you still in your prescribed medication, you still want to continue with your medication. I just want to make sure people know that. It's usually a complementary alternative. And actually, a lot of my clients do struggle with anxiety, depression, or bipolar disorder. And we've worked together, and I work with their therapist, to help them wean off of those medications because they've committed to healthier living. But if they had not committed to healthier living, then them getting off those beds i don't think would have, would have a been a smart idea or a possible idea
0: yeah i mean they say the gut's sort of the second brain basically yeah and it's uh, mm-hmm. strange because obviously well it's not strange but in like western uh, in like africa and all those sorts of countries they're all about you know high alkaline bodies low low acidity mm-hmm. and um taking different herbal remedies and you know they all seem pretty happy dancing around the fires and shit <laughs> without xboxes and tvs you know so whatever but we could we could go into that maybe at another time because uh yeah we've, we've been on about an hour and i'm i'm hot
1: wow
0: yeah it goes quick doesn't it it did go very
1: quick um but yeah that's great
0: yeah uh advertise yourself and then we'll talk off camera anyway so here's your two minutes far away
1: awesome all right if you were intrigued by anything that I had to say, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, or listen to my podcast. It's called Tips with Tony, and that's Tony with an I. I am also on the Gym Wits podcast regularly, so it's the combo of fitness and nutrition. The Tips with Tony podcast, they're really quick, simple things that you can do to apply everyday solutions um, to your everyday eating habits, so that way you can sustain a healthy lifestyle for the long term. And that's it. <laughs>
0: right. I'll put your um, link tree um, oh, thank you. in the description of the video anyways. I already put it in there, but I'll just let you know. I'll do it anyways. It's been done. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. I'll Pleasure. talk to you off camera anyways. And I uh, okay. think I'm going to have to get my fan on because I'm a bit hot.
1: But, yeah. I know. I'm <laughs> going to put mine on
0: too. <laughs> yeah. Cheers for coming on. I appreciate that.